This is AutoLine Daily, the show dedicated to enthusiasts of the global automotive industry. And good news for the auto industry, the Ambassador Bridge has reopened. COVID mandate protesters in Canada blockaded the bridge last week. And that bridge connects the U.S. and Canada through Detroit, and it's a major artery for new cars and components. GM, Ford, Stellantis, and Toyota all had production disruptions. And that forced hundreds of suppliers to shut down as well. But even though the bridge is open again, analysts say it could take weeks for things to get back to normal because the protests upended the supply chain. According to IHS Market, the six-day blockade caused up to $850 million in economic damage to the auto industry. As we've been reporting for some time, foreign automakers in China are now allowed to take a controlling interest in the joint ventures they have with Chinese car companies. Years ago, China forced all foreign car companies to form joint ventures. But when Tesla set up shop in China, it was given an exemption. And last week, we told you that BMW boosted its JV ownership up to 75% when it previously had 50%. Now we've learned that's going to give BMW a one-time effect that will boost its earnings by up to 8 billion euros and generate 5 billion euros a year in free cash flow. When BMW only owned 50% of the JV, it had to give half of its profits to its partner, Brilliance Automotive. Now it gets to put more money to its own pocket. And that's got other foreign automakers looking at how they can boost their ownership of their JVs. The U.S. Post Office is still going to buy a new generation of delivery trucks with internal combustion engines. But Bloomberg broke a story documenting some of the parameters the Post Office used to justify its decision. And some of them are clearly out of date or just plain wrong. For example, the post office assumed that gasoline would cost $2.19 a gallon over the life of the contract. But right now, the average price is $3.48, according to the AAA. And that's nearly 60% higher than the post office expected. It also assumed that charging stations would cost $20,000 per facility, which critics say is overblown. The California Air Resources Board estimates the post office could save almost $5,000 over the life of each vehicle. And a research firm called Atlas Public Policy said the USPS could save $4.3 billion over the life of the entire fleet if it went electric. We want to know what drives your testing. OTA, connected car, diagnostics, remote testing, Intrepid Control Systems is here to help you work from anywhere. Intrepid Control Systems, driven by your data. Razor, the scooter company, wants people to think they can take their scooters anywhere. So it's teamed up with Jeep to offer a unique version of its electric scooter called Jeep RX200. It features bigger and knobby air-filled tires, dark green paint, Jeep decals, and a standing plate with a topographical design. Under the hood is a 200-watt electric motor and 24-volt electrical system, and that provides up to 40 minutes of riding time and a top speed of over 12 miles per hour, or 19 kilometers an hour. The Jeep RX200 is on sale now for 500 bucks. Toyota announced a $240 million investment in West Virginia to make hybrid transaxles last November, but it already sees a need to invest more. 
Due to the growing demand for electrification, it's investing an additional $73 million at the site, which will increase capacity to 600,000 units, as well as give it the ability to make stators for electric motors. Toyota is also making an investment at its plant in Tennessee that makes the cases and housings for those hybrid transaxles. Toyota recently upped its commitment to make battery electric vehicles, but it's clear that hybrids will be a major part of its transition. Last week, Colin posted this on YouTube, quote, about 80% of your show is about EVs, but we don't see them on the road except for Tesla. Can you report more real news that we can relate to? Well, Colin, and anyone like him, here's a story for you. Lamborghini actually wants to keep internal combustion engines around beyond the end of the decade, which is when everyone else wants to get rid of ICE. The supercar maker already has a hybrid setup and will come out with a BEV by 2030, but its CEO hopes things like synthetic fuel will keep engines alive well after that. And as we've reported in the past, the Volkswagen Group is also looking at synthetic fuels as a way to keep its vehicles on the road, including classic and race cars. And speaking of internal combustion engines, that will be the topic on Autoline After Hours this Thursday. We'll have James Martin from IHS Market on the show. He's one of the world's foremost experts on IC engines, and we'll get his input on how long the IC engine can last and what automakers are going to end up doing with all the investments in facilities they have in making them. So join John and Gary for some of the best insights into what's going on in the automotive industry. Mobility is becoming electric, connected, and autonomous, just like the manufacturing world. But we'll always be one thing, a reliable partner for our customers. Even though automakers are posting strong profits thanks to sky-high car prices, they're putting the squeeze on their suppliers. Bloomberg reports that automakers are forcing suppliers to eat higher shipping costs. Stellantis is forcing suppliers to give back any cost savings they achieve from productivity improvements. Worse, they have to turn over an intellectual property they developed in relation to their business with Stellantis. And one lawyer that represents suppliers warns they will not invest in new business with a car company if it means they can't make a profit. Rivian already has big investors like Amazon and Ford on its side, and it continues to attract deep-pocketed investors. And we mean really deep pockets. Billionaire investor George Soros just joined the club. He bought nearly 20 million shares in the EV startup at the end of December. But Rivian's stock took a big hit since he bought those shares. Soros paid about $100 a share, now they're worth about $58. The city of Shenyang in China slyly suggested that it will be the location of Tesla's next gigafactory. The provincial government's WeChat social media account posted that Tesla had chosen the city for its second factory in China. But Tesla quickly put a stop to that. It called the post, quote, false information, and it was taken down soon after. 
Last year, Elon Musk revealed Tesla is looking into opening a second plant in the country. However, a final decision isn't expected until 2023. And according to Gascu, the new plant will likely be used to build EVs for export. So it will probably be located on a coastal city, and Shangyang is not located on the coast. But that's a wrap for this show. Thanks for making us a part of your day. Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Intrepid Control Systems, over-the-air engineering, boost your game. And by Scheffler, we pioneer motion.